Hello, and welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. I'm Vince Leo. I'm a film critic for the website Quipster.net. I'd like to thank you for listening to the podcast. I've been doing this podcast since about May of this year, to 2015, and you can listen to over 140 of my audio reviews by going to the Quipster Film Review Podcast in your podcast download provider of choice. Also, if you happen to be on iTunes, I invite you to leave a review because it de definitely does help the show out immensely. Also, if you want to catch any of my previous reviews, I've been doing film reviews for nearly 20 years, and you can find them all in written form at my website, over 3,700 of them, quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today, I'm going to be looking at a film that's getting a lot of critical buzz. A lot of people think that it's going to be on perhaps the list of Best Picture nominees for 2015. Certainly, it's going to gain some accolades of some sort because it, it, it actually got quite a few nominations at the Golden Globes, which is usually a pretty good predictor of the kinds of movies that we're going to see come Oscar time. The film I'm talking about is called The Big Short, and it is a comedy drama. It, it kind of treads the line between both of them. It definitely is a, a, a funny film, but it also deals with some very serious subject matter in serious ways as well. So it's an R-rated film because it does have pervasive language and some sexuality and nudity. The runtime is two hours and ten minutes. I wouldn't say that there's a real star to the film. It's an ensemble cast. I guess the three main players are Christian Bale, Steve Carell, and Ryan Gosling. Smaller roles go to Brad Pitt and Marissa Tomei, Jeremy Strong, and Rafe Spall. And really small cameo roles, really, for Melissa Leo and Karen Gillan. The director is primarily a comedy director, a very farcical comedy director, Adam McKay, who's directed a few Will Ferrell vehicles, including The Other Guys and Step Brothers and Anchorman, both of the Anchorman films, actually, that he collaborates often uh, producing films with Will Ferrell. Uh, McKay also wrote the screenplay or adapted the screenplay from the book, The Big Short Inside the Doomsday Machine by Michael Lewis. So it's a nonfiction book that became a bestseller. Charles Randolph also collaborates with Adam McKay on that screenplay. Adam McKay, obviously, if you, if you know his films, you know he's a very absurdist slapstick comedy director. I think it's kind of a surprise to see him taking on a film that has this much of a tragic, I guess, aspect to it. The Big Short is, it's, it's kind of a, a semi-comedic adaptation of that Michael Lewis novel that was about the buildup to the calamitous housing market crash of 2008. There's a lot of greed and cockiness on the part of banking institutions and those Wall Street wheelers and dealers that ended up tanking the world economy. And that resulted in millions upon millions of people who lost their jobs and their homes and really their livelihood in that crash that the movie deals with a handful of, of people who are monitoring the industry and could see the writing on the wall, knowing that this mortgage based housing market system of investment was really this economic bubble that was about to burst. They were willing to first warn these institutions that what they were doing was probably going to fail. But when those institutions basically laughed in their face they're willing to put their money where their mouth is and invest all the money that they have in this play for betting against the economy. They were basically saying the system was going to fail. They were going to put all their money into shorting the market, in which case if the market fails, they would get quite a lot of return for their investment. I mean, they would become very wealthy, even though a lot of people would probably lose all of their wealth because of the careless and reckless behavior of these Wall Street banks. 
these banks really, they had no reason to think that they were going to fail because they were making more money than ever using the system that they were currently using. And why would they go against the trend of all this money coming in when just one or two people are, are telling them that what they're doing is going, is bound to fail at some point? You know, who are these people that are coming in? They, they've never even heard of their nobodies basically in the industry. So they had no reason to believe that what they were being told was true unless they really took the time to look at it. But all they were really doing was looking at their profits. The Big Short is bolstered by, I think, a dynamite cast here. You have an Oscar winner in Christian Bale. You've got Oscar nominee in Steve Carell. Ryan Gosling is in a Brad Pitt. There are several converging story threads. They don't all, all of these actors don't always appear together. One of the threads involves Christian Bale playing this socially awkward hedge fund manager named Dr. Michael Burry. I think Burry is the only person who actually has his real name here. And he actually did lend some about 12 or 13 hours talking to Christian Bale about him and his character, etc., to kind of nail who he is and what he's all about. Burry determined that the subprime mortgage industry was a bubble built on a slew of misguided practices that inevitably was going to burst so he went to uh, all these banks in order to basically invest his company's available assets that was, uh, I think it totaled about $1.3 billion. And since he had full rights to be able to invest it as he chose, he decided to put as much money as he could and was willing to take losses for a while, just waiting for that period when the actual housing market would eventually fail, uh, they would be paid handsomely for their investment. The film is actually narrated by Ryan Gosling. He's uh, he's a character in the film. He's kind of this douchey banker named Jared Vennett. That's a fictitious name, by the way, based on a real person. Vennett catches wind of Burry's activities and then decides to look into it for himself. And he also becomes convinced that Burry is onto something, that these CDOs, these collateralized debt obligations, were selling junk and they were willing to loan money to just about anybody who wanted it. And the more risky the person that they were giving it to, the riskier the uh, loan was. And certainly all of these people were probably not going to pay back these loans. And eventually, if enough people weren't going to pay things back, the market would eventually fall because all of these people would default on their mortgages, et cetera. So, you know, it's a really complicated. Uh... Now, the only person who will partner with Bennett is a smaller hedge fund that's headed by Mark Baum, who's played by Steve Carell. He's a very skeptical person. You know, he lost a brother who ended up committing suicide because of these financial wheelings and dealings that didn't really turn out so well. So he's a cynic at his core, but he also, too, eventually sees that there's this iceberg headed toward that proverbial Titanic, and he's willing to make a major play, though his conscience throughout, he's really the more sympathetic person in the film. It persistently troubles him, knowing that he is going to become wealthy at a time when the whole economy is going to tank and a lot of people are going to lose just about everything because of it. Now, meanwhile, we also have another story thread that involves a couple of small-time investors who secure the expertise of a former financial banker and strategist, Ben Wickard, who's played by Brad Pitt. And he's going to basically get them at the table to help them play with the big boys and hope that they'll be able to use this knowledge to make a fortune. So as the mortgage industry is considered the bedrock of the investment market, the banks here uh, end up being all too happy to let these uh, so-called suckers bet against their success. They'll say, hey, we'll take your money. Why not? 
Adam McKay, he's directing his first theatrical film here without Will Ferrell as a star. He does a pretty good job. I, I do think that he's about to turn a corner. I, I'm not going to say he's going to be one of the best filmmakers out there, but certainly he does take chances here that I think that a lot of people probably wouldn't. So I, I, I would be interested in seeing if the success here for, for The Big Short results in more interesting films from McKay in the future. This is a very witty and zippy film, and it's dealing with Obviously a very confusing and complex topic, you know, world economics, national economics. Most people in the viewing public, including myself, can barely wrap their heads around this stuff. So to keep everyone on board with what the story is about, McKay and his co-screenwriter, Charles Randolph, they employ a handful of celebrity cameos to kind of break the fourth wall. They just come onto the film and they educate us like in a style that would be like the four dummies books, basically just lay it all out there in very layman terms that allows us to keep up with what's going on in a very simple way to be able to follow just what's actually is transpiring in the film. The cameos include such actors and celebrities as Margot Robbie. You see her in the bath try to explain part of what's going on in terms of what we're about to see. Anthony Bourdain is in the film and he compares these junk bonds to basically taking the halibut that they can't sell and just kind of just cutting it up and then putting it in three-day-old fish to, to make another thing like stew. Uh, Selena Gomez is in the film as well. They all appear out of nowhere they're kind of like a special guest to the film. They come out and they educate us with the gist of the setup of the financial aspect. Otherwise, you know, all of these talking heads could talk about the structure of subprime loans and mortgage bonds and CDOs and tranches and all of this other stuff. But I think McKay does a really good job in keeping us up to speed. And I think that that's really important. There's an overlying reason as to why McKay is setting up the film so that everybody can, at least as many people as possible, can understand exactly what is going on. Because I think that he thinks that there's people that don't understand what's going on in the world. And by making them understand that maybe some changes can be affected. The financial fleecing of America seems a particularly passionate subject for McKay. One of his previous comedies, it was a film called The Other Guys. Will Ferrell obviously starred in that. You had Mark Wahlberg. If you stuck around in that film all the way through the end credits, if you see the other guys, it's it's probably the most brilliant part of the film. There's this sequence that shows various graphics that spell out the outrageous financial inequities that are going on in the country from the amount of money that CEOs make over the years to the amount of money that middle class Americans make or even the poor. The movie is not a great movie, but that end credit sequence is really interesting. And obviously, for McKay to put that in there, he must feel that that's something that's really important for people to know. His film is making the bet, and I think rightly, that many people in the country are not outraged that they're getting built continuously by the financial industry, primarily because they actually don't comprehend this very complicated subject matter. So McKay here is asserting that if he can make it easy and entertaining for you and me to go out and watch this movie and to actually understand, you know, what it is that caused this financial collapse, that you will come out of the film with this fuller understanding and will be rightfully cynical, if not morally offended by what's going on at how us in the public have basically paid for the greedy mistakes of Wall Street. Not only that, but our money have been used to bail out these financial 
institutions that were willing to play fast and loose with our money. And then we, they take our bailout money and they continue to live extravagantly and then use that money to implement even more rigged laws that allow them to, to make it even easier to do more of the same in the future with even less fear of penalization. Although McKay suggests that government actions or, or lack thereof are also to blame, the film is not partisan in its approach, and I think that's also important. McKay doesn't want to alienate anybody in the audience by making this a pointedly political film or to lay the finger of blame on Democrats or Republicans. There's no mention of Jimmy Carter or Ronald Reagan or Bill Clinton or either of the Bush presidencies. There's not even a mention of any specific politician or political party in the film to pin the blame on. This movie is definitely not trying to suggest that a specific person was to blame. It is putting a lot of the weight of the blame onto the shoulders of greed and fraud and corruption, whether it's in government or whether it's in Wall Street or whether it's in the banking or just people who are making investments. Everybody is just out to make money. Even the people that are trying to help the industry by actually telling people about what's going on they have the window opportunity to make money on, on it, and they're willing to put everything on the line for it. And that should be an alert to anybody within the banking industry that, hmm, maybe we should take a look at it. But they're so busy raking in dollars that they can't see the forest for the trees. Unlike, say, uh, another film about uh, corporate greed, The Wolf of Wall Street, I think Adam McKay is smartly giving us characters that have a conscience about what they're doing. It's not easy to root for people who are hoping that the economy will fail in order to garner these untold riches, especially since the, the, all of that wealth is coming uh, because of the ruin of families all over the country and probably the world for many years to come. It's hard to really root for the economy to fail to see you know a handful of people uh, profit from it, knowing that there are millions upon millions of people who are getting screwed over by this and continue to get screwed over today. The Big Short is humorously playful. Despite its serious subject matter, it has a playful tone. It's not what I would call a laugh-out-loud funny. This is not a joke-a-minute comedy, but there is a lot of funny moments in it. There's a lot of really witty and interesting ways that the film portrays what's going on in a way that tempers the movie without being a knee-slapper. I think very wisely Adam McKay is playing for as much levity as he can within the construct of the film without being blind to the fact he knows that it's about a colossal worldwide tragedy that impacts many people. And some people in the audience who are going to this film, you know, may still be feeling the repercussions of that crash. Maybe they had a really good job and are now settling for a couple of part-time jobs until they can get back on their feet or just to stay afloat. So he has to be very respectful of people out there because this really is a movie for the people and not really just an educational thing. It, he really wants you to understand what's going on and to be like him as outraged as he is. This is an ambitious film. And while I, I do think it takes quite a few artistic liberties in its approach to convey the ultimate message on the dangers of continued corporate greed. I think that like the gambles that are placed by the collection of investors in the film, the chances that McKay takes pay off quite well. And I think that it does definitely deserve some of the accolades that is, is receiving, whether it's the Golden Globes or potential Oscar nominations down the road. 
Three and a half stars goes out to The Big Short. Thank you, everyone. I hope that you enjoy your time at the movies. And if you see The Big Short, you probably will. 